We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome in to the Rotowire NFL podcast. John McKechnie, Mario Puig hanging out with you, and you know what time it is. It is Combine Week. The players have shown up. They have been measured, their hands measured, some of them different than others. Lots of hands, lots of different kinds of hands, sometimes on the same person. Right. Sometimes you're Greg Dortch and you got a small hand and a big hand. Yeah, and I I don't know what that means, and I believe this is the first time it's ever been reported. Like Charles Robinson, I think, has been our single source for these details, and I don't know in the past if we've got a bunch of guys who have like a you know foot long hand and like a seven inch hand, and like we just never heard about it because they were like just give them the, the foot long like, hand. Be, like Benchwall, uh, the Wisconsin offensive lineman, also had different sized hands yesterday. So okay. You, now I want to find. Do I have different sized hands? I don't even. Like, I've never I don't know thought if it's such like a, a measurable difference. I feel like if you just put your hands together, you can kind of tell if one's like significantly bigger than the other one. Well, we have to do like an emergency Monday NFL football podcast instead of Thursday next week to give you a more timely reaction thing. And uh, maybe uh, you and I, John, can figure out measure our hands like by then sometime and just let people know where I'm, where our ma- hand measurements are and if they are the same. In I will only I will only disclose whether they're symmetrically sized. I will not disclose the size of my hands. Yeah, my hands are probably like five inches or something like that. I don't even know. Uh, I'm not trying to get uh, I shamed can't, online. I can barely th- like throw a football, so I can't imagine it's very good. But I mean, how I about like catch, a TDY though. or something? You know, Was that like a you know like a 
middle school football. Oh yeah, like Nerf and stuff like that. I can definitely golden, do it. Um, but yeah, I and this is good news for Andy Isabella and Hunter Renfro or whoever else has tiny hands. But like, I can catch very well, actually. So okay. I'm not. I don't think that's grounds for uh, fading any receiver. So it it transfers over extremely well. So science, as you all know, we we are going to be getting into uh, the, mostly just kind of preliminary stuff some kind of predictions uh, we're going to get into a few props and then some reactions uh to measurements and, and everything because as the, at the time of recording this uh there have been no tests yet other than uh offensive linemen and running backs who have started benching uh alex barnes kind of uh popped off the, the screen to, to mr us. universe right yeah coming out dropping 34 bench drives a running back out of kansas state uh corn-fed fellow a guy that if you look at him on tape uh, he he enjoys contact. He likes running people over. So I was pretty pumped that he was able to throw up that number. I think that was better than both Saquon and Nick Chubb from last year. They did like twenty nine. I don't remember the last time a running back put up reps like that. I like I wouldn't. It would have to be somebody like Greg Jones to to reference him again. Pro- probably Greg Good. Jones would be my guess. And I bet even Greg Jones probably just like stopped at twenty five or something because they were like that's a new record in two thousand two or whenever that was well barnes i think he wore number 34 at kansas state so it all made sense yeah i think that he he probably was like well on his way to 50 or so and his agent was just like no remember the plan you can be the new 34 guy this is where the hashtag will not take off if you do 35 it won't work nope and i'm nope. uh, still not seeing the hashtag but i'll i'll jump on if he'll, it, he'll if replace it herschel walker in due time uh, yeah so but uh, even more than alex barnes though the the maybe most anticipated thing of the combine was the way in measurement wise was Kyler Murray, who came in at five ten and an eighth of an inch. There we go. So, so not, he shattered that five ten threshold. Yeah, I was one of those people who was like, "Look, if he comes in at five ten, fine, he's good. But if he comes in at five nine and three fourths, I don't want to hear Off it. The board. He, it's a joke. Off the board. Uh, but no, now he's okay. He's he's allowed to play now, quarterback even. And, uh, you know, they, they try to do a secondary uh, panic button on Murray. They're like, wait a second. What if he's 5'10", but he has small hands? Ooh. Yeah, but nine and a half, I think, so is what he, it was. So he hit the threshold for that as well. So yeah. Was, yeah. So he, he, had, uh, he had bigger hands than Drew Locke, among, I'm sure, which others. Is, which was weird, but yeah, true. Yeah, that happens a lot, I guess. It's like, uh, yeah, even though he's uh, what is Lock six four or something. Yeah, so he, he came in at with he size. came in with Derek Carr hands of nine precisely, and uh, yeah, Murray nine and a half. And that might sound it, it might sound ridiculous that I kind of am implying that hand size does actually matter for quarterbacks when the height I'm, I'm expressing is trivial. But a half of an inch on your hand width is is like actually pretty significant because that's a small difference you know adds up on a football whereas a small difference doesn't add up vertical height wise so much i will say one thing regarding lock and the the hand thing just real quick i saw on twitter this morning that obviously it kind of makes you reframe uh games in which he played at missouri with shaky conditions out and one Hmm. of them was against arkansas and he still filleted arkansas pretty well even even with but would he have filleted uh, anybody else uh i mean the uh, the arkansas wrinkle there is is uh did i say fillet i did i meant now that i'm thinking about it i'll go with flay even yeah take that skin right off yeah we can we can make them into 
easily eaten meat patties, or we could just skin them and leave them. I don't care. Good, both, because Arkansas had Arkansas was pretty bad. It. But um, in any case, yeah, I, d- I don't know what that means for Locke. If much, it, it sounds like John Elway's just like number one. He's he's just standing there with a pennant like Homer Simpson, and it just says Locke on it, and people are like, "What could that possibly mean?" <laughs> and I think it means he's going to draft Drew Locke in the NFL draft. That yeah, it's a lock. Um, so outside of Kyler Murray, was there anything that that uh you know stood out to you as far as the, the quarterback weigh-ins or do you want to just jump into well, the running back it's not unexpected but it's kind of interesting that Tyree Jackson came in every bit as big as he looks uh 6 7 249 I think is what he came in at and uh he's got the cannon arm so he really in terms of height weight arm strength is a lot like Ryan Mallett and maybe there's maybe Ryan Mallett failed in the NFL not for like his talent or anything maybe I think it was, it was dingle reasons just being a dungus it could yeah there's a lot of ways that it could go wrong and maybe you know Tyree Jackson is basically like the Ryan Mallett who did as much homework as he needed to to be good who knows uh he has his own set of concerns but it's kind of interesting because traditionally the NFL lo- like swoons every time they see a cannon arm and someone that tall so it'll be interesting to see if Jackson kind of generates you know some some kind of hype I don't I don't know if I expect it but it wouldn't surprise me I guess yeah that that will be something to watch because like you said uh, traditionally a quarterback of that size is going to generate you know some sort of buzz and it, it does feel all quiet on that front right now yeah, and otherwise, I don't think there's. I don't see anything else, anything else interesting as far as quarterbacks, really. So I think kind of like Daniel Jones is six foot five. Anyway, that's about all we got. All right, so onward to uh, to the running backs then. So I want to just touch on a, a couple of facets for for each of these skill positions that we're going to get into. Uh, who do you think is going to run the fastest forty time? Running back with the most to prove, and running back who could surprise. Running back with the fastest 40 is tough. I don't think it's going to be anyone better than like a, I don't know, like I think the absolute best time for one of these running backs would be like 4.38 or something like that. If I had to pick someone, and this is me going a little bit, you know, tournament logic with it <laughs> just because I don't think many people will pick him, but I'll say Jordan Scarlett from Florida. Here we go. He's supposed to be fast. I know, and this is not just me guessing. There's a lot of it, like, uh, as a, as a recruit which he was a very high recruit there are these reports of him running like a four three flat and a that stuff is hand timed sloppy and he might have been like 20 pounds lighter than he is now but uh so I, I meant to say b before the second part i don't have a b now but uh, i think he might be pretty fast and it's just it's one of those things you can imagine this class being like the jeremy langford one where he led all running backs with a four four two Okay. Yeah. No, that. Yeah. This definitely isn't like a burner class uh, by any means. Um, do you think that like Josh Jacobs could could challenge for that? I mean, he is kind of everyone's consensus number one. You figure he's got to be at least in the top five as far as the forty goes at the position, right? Well, he is two twenty, so he can get away with less than some of like he, like last year. Like we thought, Darius Geis is basically like a sick athlete, which he is, and he, he was only like a four four eight or something, but he was like pushing two thirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jacobs isn't quite that heavy, but he could have still the best composite athleticism even if he only runs like a four five flat or something like that okay. um but yeah if, if not jordan scarlett and i guess i if i'm not doing tournament logic i would just say daryl henderson yeah because i don't know how you do 8.9 yards per carry two years in a row over about like must spend like 350 carries or something like that so it's not some you know 50 carry a year guy averaging nine yards a carry like he took a lot of carries and the defenses were just couldn't find a way to keep him under 
8.9 yards per carry. So I would imagine being fast has something to do with that. Yeah, it, it seems to. And yeah, you can't like scheme all of that open. And it's not like Memphis is turning out offensive lineman after offensive lineman in the NFL. It's not like he's running running behind just like this unbelievable offensive line compared to the competition he's going against. Like he's creating for himself and he's creating a lot. Yeah, I would say so. Because Tony Pollard was really good too. And even he was like, you know, only six and a half or whatever yards per carry. Uh, so that's interesting. But uh, otherwise, like, I guess I should mention, I'm pretty sure Jacobs will not be in definitely not the top three, maybe not the top five for running back 40 times because that AL.com report from the spring training two years ago with at, uh, with Alabama, they had him at four five flat. They had Damian Harris at four five one. They had Calvin Ridley at four four three, which is exactly what he ended up running at the uh, okay. combine. Uh, Robert Foster was also something like point oh five off of what he eventually would run at the combine. So I would say absolute best case for Jacobs is four four five, and even that I feel like is kind of like a you know one fifth kind of outcome odds. Yeah, looking at yeah looking at this list again, it do, none of these guys really pop out as as like burners per se. I think, Not really. I think uh, Justice Hill might have a decent decent run at it. That'll um, be interesting because he he, he he was listed at least at like one seventy five a couple of years ago, and now he's, he's one ninety eight. Right, he came in pretty heavy, and you have to wonder if maybe he added like fifteen pounds in the past like three months or something like that, and if so. And he still runs well. Uh, that's the exact the exact trajectory that Ronnie Hillman had at San Diego State. Like he showed up at like 170 or something like that, and then ran the four four flat or whatever it was at like 195. I mean, maybe maybe like he was like th- that really lightweight when he was a freshman, but it's totally feasible to put on 20 plus pounds, you know, from the time that you're showing up on campus as a as like a 17 or 18 year old freshman to you know you're finished with your third year at a division one strength and conditioning program oh totally so like i get your concern where like what if he just put on a bunch of weight for the sake of it and you know we have like a leonard fournette situation here like i think that hill probably carries that 198 on his 510 frame pretty well yeah that that's uh, i didn't mean to make it sound like a you know gaming a system kind of thing it's totally legitimate to just add weight before the combine because it's you will weigh that much and run as fast as you do that day like it's not lying or something it would be a little suspicious if he shows up at his current weight doesn't run then runs at his pro day at like 185 or something like that um but yeah if if you run a 4-4 at 195 you no one can be like uh no fair you weighed 180 two years ago so actually you're you're slow now and and tiny there you Uh, go so yeah i think I, i i'm just like agnostic on justice hill right now because he could run every bit as fast as he needs to he also could be a guy who slows himself down a little bit by putting on you know eight quick pounds of muscle in a, in a month or something yeah so it, it will be you know worth monitoring how that how that all plays out but uh, I'll, I'll lean on the on the side of optimism it's a wide open now. class so he's someone who could gain quite a bit from it if he does time well i mean that again that that was the scenario with hillman and like LaMichael James and I think in the same draft is it's just like you look at them at 185 175 and you think nah and then if they run a 4-4 flat at 200 it's like well we got all these other guys who aren't very interesting let's at least take the fast one right yeah and you got you know guys with bigger names like like a Benny Snell or something that's gonna run in like the the four sixes maybe that's being generous so uh, you know some people still some are very high change. on him and i'm surprised this, this is one of the weirdest for dynasty football purposes uh classes like ever maybe the weirdest one that i've, I've paid any attention to uh like david montgomery and benny snell 
in the rest of like the so-called you know dynasty industry i sorry i say so-called because i feel ridiculous referring to myself as like any kind of uh, industry and and dynasty is is such a such an important sounding word but the the rest of the industry is it's like people just are they think we're idiots for not having david montgomery in our top five and and benny snell most of them like would think we're idiots for not having him at least in our top 12 or something but I guess we could be super wrong, but I feel like I just must be missing something right now. I think it, I feel particularly strongly about about Snell. I'm yeah. a little bit more open to maybe uh, David Montgomery pro- proving me wrong. But I definitely I, have Montgomery ahead of him. Yeah, I, I just feel like Snell, as much as I loved him in college and as great of a, of a college career as he had, it just none of it really looks like it's gonna play all that well at the next level yeah i don't see it i mean what i see with him is basically like a ben jarvis green ellis or something like that which he played a bunch in the nfl he got paid a bunch of money to play football that's where benny snell is heading either way i just you got, don't... A, you got a law firm nickname after him oh like, nice. that was fun yeah 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 uh i guess we need to he needs to add a hyphenated second surname in benny snell's case or else he won't he won't get the law firm uh, potential but i think that's the kind of career he's headed toward and in dynasty football fantasy football that doesn't really pay off it's like i, I just don't see how he profiles as more than like a fab pickup in yeah. redraft kind of thing because some people got hurt mm-hmm and when it comes to Montgomery, he kind of falls under the, that category of running back with a lot to prove in my yeah. mind, because I think they both do a lot of the love for him is based entirely on film. Mm-hmm. So there's really nothing like super quantifiable. And like, it's not like he was like this big blue chip recruit. And, and yes, like the the fact that he was playing behind a really shoddy offensive line like that, that turns into him seeing a fair bit of contact before the line of scrimmage so he does he did become adept at losing people behind the line of scrimmage he's good at that I, th- mm-hmm. I think you have to say that and the the numbers from pro football focus about breaking the tackles like they do prove that but like for people to be so adamant that he's like their rb1 he's got to he's got to bring it in as far as the testing right. goes and i'm not sure that i saw that level of like super explosive athlete on on film necessarily i could imagine him doing pretty good with like the broad jump just because he seems to have pretty legitimately rare balance and i I feel like you must have some kind of like you know natural torque to you to be able to pull that off but as much as i feel like he can anchor and break a tackle and he has great balance to you know just bounce off people sometimes too i don't know that i have faith that he can actually run away from anybody after he breaks like i'm worried about the guy he breaks the tackle of getting him again like after two yards like that's the kind of lack of elusiveness that i worry about with him and that's all eyeball test if he runs like a four five five or something like that i'm basically okay with him and in, in a you know as soon as the second or third round but my suspicion is he'll run more like a four six something and i don't see much in the way of agility but this is just me guessing if he tests well then my concerns with montgomery go just poof basically yeah it it will the uh the short shuttle i think is going to be really interesting for him yeah i'm interested to see all of it really i just i i can imagine it going pretty badly and i can imagine myself being surprised at how good it goes that happens all the time but it's just one of those things in the meantime the basis of him being ranked as high as he is for most people is that they ranked him that high yesterday and the day before that and it becomes groupthink at some point and enough time passes and people don't remember their initial reason for thinking what they do and then if you question them about it they get kind of pissed off so i don't i'm kind of like done asking people what they think about montgomery because they i basically just get you know the answer i just get the pff tweet like you know sent to it through through my window on a brick 
and it's just like okay fine i I don't know if we have much to talk about now and then someone also somehow found a way to superimpose like a a very slowed down clip of him like cutting in the backfield onto a brick yeah like a a really grainy dot gif file of him uh like running for 20 yards against texas tech kansas (laughs) whatever uh he 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 broke a ton of tackles definitely it's just like i've i've seen a lot of college football running backs break a lot of tackles and then not do much in the nfl because it's just a different game and that that applies every bit as much to snell if he if he times well and jumps well i just got to take it back yep but i until then i doubt it have my chips on the table that snell will not until it happens i definitely doubt it okay so let's let's go into a couple guys that that you think could surprise i think you you took the words out of my mouth with, with the scarlet pick um as far as a guy that, that could end up uh finishing at the top as far as the 40 goes i think that he's a guy that that is interesting and could you know kind of vault himself into uh i still have a hard time saying that he's better than a fourth rounder right now but i mean maybe the testing changes that but i think right now he seems more like a sixth seventh undrafted guy so i think he he has some room to uh, make a name for himself and I think he can uh, sorry who's that uh, Jordan Scarlett Jordan Scarlett yeah he's I mean he's got the weird thing because he was a really high recruit he was generally kind of productive but not really but Florida had a pretty deep running back course there was that and they they had a bunch of just kind of like turmoil and instability with their offense for those couple of years where Jim McElwain and his love affair with a shark on a boat just Jim McElwain yeah I already forgot about that guy so yeah that's and that was uh following like was that following or before Muschamp? So either you know, way, he was a guy after Muschamp, uh, and he had like two promising seasons. He took him to the SEC championship right. to get the paint taken off them by Alabama, and then the third year, the summer before that season, the the boat picture came out, and then they had a, a terrible, terrible season. Whew. Okay, so yeah, uh, it was awesome. Oh, uh, Rodney Anderson is somebody who I can see testing very well and generating some hype. Just is he gonna is he gonna do stuff? Oh, I don't know. Uh, maybe not. Uh, he tore his ACL and. I don't think that was an ACL. To, I think so. Oh God. I thought it was like a broken leg. Um, my bad. Uh, so yeah, so maybe not. I, I think he can, like if he was healthy, I think, I think you're right in that he would test well, but uh, I think he's not quite far enough along in his rehab to test. Oh yeah. Combine. Right knee crap. All right. Never mind. So he, he can test very well if he could run, but it looks like he cannot. So in any case, uh, not him. I'm trying to see if there's anybody else. Uh, I'm like, a little I, bit interested in Travion Williams. I like the I always like the way that he played, and he was really productive from day one at, at Texas or Texas he sh- A&M. He Had should a be fast. Sophomore year, I think he yeah, I think he will be fast. Um, I think he can just do a lot of running back stuff well, and I think uh, he's pretty decent as a pass catcher, even if like he doesn't have like the gaudiest numbers in that sense. I think he looks like a natural at that. So once the running backs move into those drills, I think he'll look good, especially compared to some of the other guys uh, in this class. So uh, uh, he's he's someone to keep an eye on as well. Miles Sanders might not have the best forty or anything, but I can imagine him putting up something crazy for the broad jump or maybe the yeah, agility drills. A lot of lower body strength. Right, he's one of those guys who does does the thing where he um, looks very fast throughout the process, but does a lot of like anchor to burst conversion where he's it's, it looks like a stop and go, but if you look more closely, it's like he's getting into a slight crouch and he's like jumping out of the crouch and it it kind of becomes at some point indistinguishable from just running because he's kind of dicing in and out of traffic that way so either he's just uh you know got a knack for stuff like that or he's got some kind of like springy athleticism to him i think he does so yeah i think think so too that's a good call 
but yeah, he was a pretty high recruit, probably for reasons like that. Um, it, it evidently wasn't the ball security that they were so psyched on. He had, he had a bunch of fumbles at Penn State, but right. uh, he's still uh, he is interesting to me because uh, again, this class doesn't have obvious star power, especially at running back. So if he comes out of it just like burning up the track and putting up like a 130 broad jump or something that'll totally change the equation speaking, speaking of guys uh running backs with like the lower body explosiveness i bet damian harris also has a yeah. ridiculous broad and, ver- and vertical yeah i feel like people are i, I understand the he's like completely gone away yeah i understand the optimism for josh jacobs and henderson whoever else really i i, I get it um but i'm also more agnostic on it than most people and and therefore i don't understand why jacobs is uh so far ahead of Harris that he doesn't get talked about at all mm-hmm. like it it's not it's not a I don't mean to draw a direct comparison but it kind of reminds me of when people I feel like anyway got Chubb and Michelle wrong okay yeah and it's like I get liking Sony Michelle a lot but do you guys remember who beat him out for the starting job because it's not you know nobody yeah, it's Chubb, somebody Chubb who's in the same like, draft Chubb was like taking carries from Gurley before Gurley got hurt that year and Michelle was just kind of like occasionally there against you know a, a valdosta state or something right and like the basis for ranking jacobs ahead is the same one as michelle it's not even like well he outproduced him it's just like well he looks faster though and like okay and michelle didn't even turn out to be as fast as chubb it was just an optical illusion so um yeah I, i'm still uh you know i'm not like putting a big bet on harris but i'm not doing this thing where everybody's putting all their chips on just one guy i'm like i i got to put it on four i can't really commit more than that yeah i think that's the right way to, to go about it this year I don't, I don't think that like the the difference between rb1 and rb5 is like you know cataclysmic right it's it's just not much and then again from like six to 12 or whatever so if if one guy just has like springy athleticism runs fast in the 40 and separates by that way it's like they could get some helium pretty easy just because no one else is going to get it you think i don't know how much you've watched of this guy but uh He's kind of interesting. He didn't have to run the ball a ton because of the system he's coming out of, but have you seen much of James Williams out of Washington State? Not much at all, no. So so there's not a ton of uh, like running back production for him to lean on, but he's a guy that, that kind of fits the modern NFL in a way that um, yeah. I think that he will... Him and Pollard almost eyes. are kind of... I know Pollard literally would line up at receiver too, and whereas Williams was just working out of the backfield, but, but it's like... I mean, he's so, he was so productive as a pass catcher, and I know that a lot of it is, you know, kind of schemed uh by mike leach and obviously he can get the ball to the running back as as an extension of the run game via the pass um but i think he's a guy that i think as far as like the agility drills goes and then you know running through the gauntlet and and whatever other pass catching uh drills that he has to do at the combine i think that he will look like among the most natural pass catchers and teams like that i mean they're not going to spend a a anything more than like a fifth round pick on james williams but i think he's a guy that you know they'll be like okay we can get him as our third down back in like the sixth round yeah it's he's one of those guys who if, if he makes a team and he actually plays snaps in a game then i'm getting like a little worried for whoever the starter is not because of uh, he's not going to take the starting job but he could take 30 snaps because they're playing catch up for the whole second half something like that so he's a guy who especially in deeper dynasty in ppr scoring it's like yeah don't overlook james williams because it's 
he's just had so many more reps, like literally like exponentially more reps as a pass catcher than mm-hmm. a lot of these other guys. So it's like they're going to have to try to catch up with him. Like it's he, he's just polished in a way that they just can't be. Exactly, exactly. So he's another guy uh, to keep an eye on. Uh, any other running backs that you needed to discuss before we move on to receiver? I'm kind of, if it's not Henderson, my favorite for the 40 is probably going to be like, just a descending order of their their ranking as recruits so i guess I, i'd have to put in, in addition to scarlet and miles sanders uh dexter williams would need to be on that watch and again it's not because i think he's that fast it's like if he ranks first it's because he ran like a four four three or something like that okay which would be surprising to me but not the most surprising thing at all i can see it yeah i, li- I like that pick uh, yeah williams had some some you know kind of bursty uh runs this past year once he took over the starting job at notre dame all right let's get into the receivers we've got receivers yet folks and tight ends so dk metcalf he's there yeah i saw ian rapaport tweeting out okay i guess I should, I, uh what is it 228 pounds it was Correct. at six three and three eighths so he'll be listed at six three two twenty eight that's basically the same frame as like T.O. or something like that. Uh, Josh Gordon, mm-hmm. same exact frame. I'm not worried about. He's got uh, the arms of like a franchise left tackle, though. Like in terms of arm length, <laughs> yeah. it's insane. Yeah, thirty, basically thirty-five inch arms, thirty-four and seven eighths. He actually set the uh, wingspan record before Hakeem Butler immediately broke it, like five minutes later. Um, but yeah, I don't know what wingspan. I don't know how to. It, that's basically just, just like just factors into your catch radius i'm guessing that basically is just like take arm length uh plus torso <laughs> yeah. or something yeah just you know tip of your finger to the uh, tip of your uh fingers. yeah Car- collarbones plus arms equals wingspan gotta but, have them clavicles um so yeah i guess that's basically what it is and i don't know if i don't know what that even means i don't know its significance but the arm length 35 would be very long by offensive tackle standards jonah like, williams is so jelly right now yeah, he'll he'll probably I mean, be fine, but yeah, if he did <laughs> if he did have DK Metcalf's arms, he would be much safer projection as a pick. Uh, he'll be fine. Like uh, there's there's a pretty good amount of evidence that the offensive tackle arm length thing is a bit overrated. It's mm-hmm. more like as long as you're not like 32 and, you know, 6 foot 3 or 6 foot 4 or less, you'll be okay. It's like ideally, yes, you would be 6'6 six, six and have 36-inch arms, but if you don't, it doesn't. Like apparently Joe Thomas had 32 and a half inch arms, but it's like he was 6'6 six, six and very fast and strong, so it didn't matter that much but anyway yeah williams was like dominant as like a freshman at alabama so yeah if if, (laughs) if i was him i would not be worried at all about that uh arm length measurements but uh dk metcalf so yeah he's just insane catch radius plus speed and and weight too i mean it's like if you try to jam him i can't imagine it'll work that well for you Mm -hmm. at least not unless you're like one of the very best corners so he might be raw but there's a similar dynamic at receiver as there is at running back where it's it's a horizontally oriented class and so if somebody has hints of upside like real tangible indications of upside then they're going to get some helium because the replacement level for the rest of the guys is so high it's like if if you need a receiver and you reach for dk metcalf in the first round there will be some guy also later in the third or the fourth who won't be much different than someone who goes in the second so it makes sense to to overpay for a talent like his just because his traits are scarce in the class, even if he's unproven. So that's the way I view him. I mean, he's he's basically like a 1A, 1B, 1C for me right now, but I, I do rank him first as a tiebreaker ahead of A.J. Brown and then kill Harry just because 
um, of those you know, ridiculous physical tools that we already have reason to believe. So did you think that Nkeel Harry's uh, weigh-in was a little bit underwhelming? I think a lot of people like kind of oversold how like long and tall he was, and he, he came in like well under 6'3". So do you think that that kind of shrinks his margin for error for the speed drills? Um. In a sense, it does. I don't. I wasn't that surprised by it. I was surprised at how heavy he was because I think he was listed at like two fourteen or two thirteen or something, and he came in at two twenty eight. Mm-hmm. So that's Just one of those things. As uh, Metcalf, yeah, that's that's uh, it's pretty heavy, and it's one of those things where it, in a way, gives him a more a, a bigger margin with with some of the testing but it's one of those things where if he doesn't do well it'll it'll just look really bad like he might have been out of shape or something yeah, yeah. Of, which by the way i didn't see any like uh pictures or anything of this i, I have for all i know he could look like dk metcalf too and that's maybe how he added the weight i don't know but if he runs like a 455 at 228 that'll actually be a really nice number i think even though a 455 is traditionally not something we get excited about because if you're doing it at almost 230 pounds then like a four five five at two twenty eight is probably more impressive than like a four four flat at you know like one eighty five or something like that. Uh, different right. types of players in that case, but the size adjusted speed is always more important than the the just speed or athleticism in a vacuum. It kind of blows up my my Michael Thomas comp for him because you Michael Thomas closer to like two fifteen. Yeah, I I mean it's not it, the the reason I didn't compare him to Thomas is because Harry's always like flying around like thomas is very precise and and punctual as as a receiver like he's always just uh you know on on like a a train track kind of movement reliability you know like he doesn't get off course ever whereas harry's got to do a bunch of stuff where he's like you know doing like 360 twists in the air trying to get the ball because it's like a jump ball and he's just tangled with the guy and he he, and he gets it <laughs> yeah he almost always does and I, I can't find the number on him right now but i remember he actually had a pretty big wingspan too and uh so i think it, i would guess it was probably third behind hakeem butler and uh dk metcalf so he's he's got long arms and that kind of that kind of checks out because you watch him on tape and it's like how the hell does he keep just getting the ball like that guy is right there why why is there always a guy right next to him and then they never take the ball from him and i guess that's basically why yeah no he yeah he's he does have the the arms and the the catch radius and and the the skill uh to go with it so i think i would compare him to keenan allen not so much for the reasons of like the flying around although allen can definitely go up and get a ball too uh but just because it's like i feel safe ruling out a four four five or something like that for harry i think he's going to be like a four five five that would be like a good outcome for him and alan was kind of the same way would you say that's your expectation then (sighs) i don't i i can see him running like a four six flat or something too though or four six two for all i know if he gets in under four six you think like that's it'll be like an okay like it'll be a totally raise your eyebrow about it yeah it'll totally stabilize him i think if he if he can run a four five eight at 228 it'll be like well, we're not really raising him from the 45th pick or where we have wherever we had him before, but at least we're not lowering him either. Yeah. So, but he will need to get by on like ball skills and route running the same way Keenan Allen did. Like he's not going to just outrun people. Yeah, I yeah, that that seems to be the case and again, uh, a little bit surprised about He could uh, be an Allen Robinson type too now that I think about it. He ran a 4-6 flat. I have seen that. That's that's an interesting uh, comparison that's actually that's probably a, the best one actually now that i think about it but anyway yeah he's he does have he does have a lot to lose to be clear yes so yeah especially you know like we're saying where he checks in as you know 
1B or 1C in these rankings right now. So uh, let's move on to you know 1C then. Let, let's see. Let's talk about AJ Brown. Anything that stuck stuck out to you as far as his measurable me, excuse me measurables go? He came he came in at 225. I think I can't find the exact tweet from Charles Robinson, but 225 at 6-1 is exactly what I think you would. I, actually, I would prefer that he was more like 220, just because it's probably going to run a little faster if he sacrificed a little bit of his bulk yeah but uh yeah aj aj brown and dk metcalf clearly spend a lot of time in the weight room yeah it's a shredded 225 <laughs> yeah he's not like um that's what that's what i that's the only reason i'm kind of like why don't you just like take a few days off the weight room drop down to like 220 run a 455 because i think he's gonna run like a 458 or 46 or something which will be totally fine for his weight but it's like at some point, the 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 mass as a receiver has a diminished return, and once you're over two twenty, I think you're there. Especially if you're only six foot one, it's not like he's six he's, four two twenty. Yeah, he's not even fully six one. He's six foot and one half. Yeah, so that's that's about as densely built as you can possibly get and still run routes without looking like some kind of you know sick gerbil or something. I don't know. He's he's just he's he's really tightly uh, maxed out build, and it's like. Why not just unmax out to be a little faster since you're all you could lose like, you know, eight, ten pounds of muscle and still be, uh, you know, a top beast. three density build for a receiver. So uh, the speed would be a, a good exchange for a few pounds, I think. Uh, yeah, I think so, too. I mean, but I'm not worried about him, really. especially with like, you know, how much I think he could still break tackles at a pretty impressive rate after the catch, even if he weighed right and, and the way he oftentimes breaks tackles isn't from just like bowling guys over he also jukes a lot and if anything it's like i'd like to see you lose a little weight so that i can feel more certain that those jukes will work at the next level because mm-hmm. it's he could still yeah the guy could still like miss a tackle on him but i feel like a lot of those jukes that he tries to do if he's doing that in the nfl it's like the guy just isn't missing he just, catches he, him, he, he just like waits a second till he's done juking and then gets him but that guy could also get run over for all i know that's true that's true so i mean what do you think he needs to do uh at this combine and what are your expectations as long as he doesn't fall into like four six two then i or four six then i think brown probably projects as like a top 25 pick and i, th- I think he'll do that I, I guess because he plays in the sec and maybe this is dumb uh you know just bias short-sightedness but because he played in the sec i'm not as worried about aj brown potentially derailing himself with poor testing the same way i am with Enkil harry just because he's in the pac-12 where they're not as fast they're faster than the big 10 but they're still not as fast as the sec so uh, i feel a little more but, but certain Laquan treadwell that's true <laughs> no i mean that's that's a fair point i mean the exact same school uh there's he, jarvis landry he doesn't have a devastating leg break in his past though that's true um but yeah it's like jarvis landry but but uh anyway it's it's not a i, I don't feel like 100 percent confident about it it's just one of those things where it's like i feel more confident that it, the tape speed of aj brown correlates one-to-one better than harry's would even if harry's goes one-to-one itself it's just i'm not as certain in his case yeah no i think that that's probably a fair way to put it so Looking elsewhere at, at this receiver class, you know who kind of sticks out to you? Who has a lot to prove? So uh, I saw Benjamin Solak was, uh, I believe he's with the Draft, draft Network. Network. Yeah. Okay, so he was saying Jazz Ferguson is supposed to be running in the four fours. Let's and, go. And Jazz Ferguson of Northwestern State, he checked in at six four five eighths, so he'll be listed at six five two twenty seven, uh, thirty four and, and a quarter inch arms, also an eighty one and a half inch uh, wingspan for Ferguson. So he's 
he's like the guy that if he does run in, in that four four range anyway he's the guy you have to aim for if you want like the big upside receiver and you don't get one of dk metcalf or hakeem butler or preston williams it's he like, was an lsu guy too right yeah so this like he could he could for all i know be on an equal plane or higher for all i know than um than a Preston Williams or, or Hakeem Butler I, I feel like if he's that big and fast then we can't rule out Ferguson crashing like the second round even there we go yeah and again like we, we talked about him briefly a couple weeks ago but Ferguson you know you can obviously knock the the Northwestern State's schedule and the, and the teams they're playing against but man I, he looked as far as if you're looking for an NFL player of that group the film looked exactly like you'd want it to. It was just bull in a china shop, like a man amongst boys. Name another cliche. He had it. <laughs> uh, I can't think of one. Uh, I like bull I in a china shop. Uh, yeah, I, I would have a bunch of those ready if with, a, with a little prep work, but not off the top of the head. <laughs> But, but yeah, basically, yeah, Ferguson, it, it's interesting that you bring up Solak's read on it. He's he's a pretty trustworthy guy, so um, I think that uh, he, he becomes one of those small school guys for people uh, to keep an eye on. Uh, looking elsewhere, I thought that Emmanuel Hall had, like, a, a good-looking uh, weigh-in, so he, I think he he's came in shorter like 202 or something. Yeah, he came in at 6'2", or just under 6'2", in, in 201. He, he had weirdly long arms, though. He had 33-inch arms, which... Uh, that's uh just for some perspective here uh that's the same that harry had at uh just under six three so that and, and harry's harry's also probably like a i'm guessing they're both like top 10 15 percent in their field of receivers to, to have a for arm length sorry yeah. so uh that's that's kind of interesting i think he might settle into a nice mike wallace kind of comparison if he runs the way i expect him to which is in I would be dis- I would be disappointed if Hall runs any slower than a four four flat. Yeah, I think he's he- a, the, the arm length is a full standard deviation above the average receiver. Oh, actually, and I missed it. Uh, yeah, thirty three and a quarter was actually what it was for Hall. So he he actually has longer arms than in Kill Harry, and and Harry has plenty long arms himself and several years of 20 yards a catch type of production yeah there was one game that i was looking through his highlights because all i can do is find those on youtube now where in those those come like back, shadow Jeff, accounts Jeff breakdown come back yeah the the dark youtube where where uh ncaa football fans post uh, travis fulgham clips uh to, to 60 or more viewers uh, but yeah, anyway, I found a one where he's what, where he's playing against Tennessee and he dropped like literally three or four passes in the game. But I, I tend to be, I, I got more must've had a bad impact on him. I gotta, I gotta stick to, uh, you know, my own doctrines here. I fully believe in, uh, deferring to catch rate and per target production, even if there are memorable drops, it's, it's the reason why I'm still like a big Will Fuller fan and never lost the Will Fuller faith. Hall's per target production and and catch rate were awesome at Missouri, and that's with some pretty high difficulty targets as a general rule. It was pretty far downfield, so he's he's a guy that I, I really do like as as like a Mike Wallace kind of comparison as a guy who might slip to the third round and then make everyone look kind of dumb for it. Yeah, I, you and I are both in on the ground floor as far as Emmanuel Hall goes. So definitely. This is, oh, sorry. It. I was going to say the other the other interesting one uh, for me is I mean there's there's a bunch of interesting details in this stuff today, but uh, Michael Hardman came in at 187, which if he can run at 187 with like a 435, I feel like that just about would lock him in the top 50 mm-hmm. i know that's that's still a pretty aggressive thing but i just i think nfl 
teams love guys like him. I mean, they have to. I mean, there's still like so much untapped potential. I know we, we've been over this and I've said it before, but it just feels like he's still just scratching the surface and the surface looks incredible. Right. And uh, this, I can't believe I forgot to mention it until now, but, uh, specifically with Hardman you can imagine uh, the case the pro case because he is he's 21 pounds heavier right now than Marquise Brown and that was the guy who is almost like if Hardman develops he becomes that he's 21 pounds heavier that's a lot that's a that's a huge difference even if Hardman's pretty small that's a that's a huge difference and he should run similarly or better than Brown does at that weight so uh, it's interesting because a lot of people are low on Hardman understandably high on Brown because of his production and it's like how about 21 pounds? Does that change anything for you? Because people, people's knock on, on Brown at the same time is always like he weighs like nothing. Right. And so it's like he might be fast, but if he's only as fast as Hardman at 21 pounds less, then Hardman's a much Hardman. better athlete. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in any case, I, I got to mention the 166 that Marquise Brown weighed at, if he hadn't had a broken foot, he would be like 175 right now or something like that. I, I've seen all these people who were saying like, oh, he actually weighs 166. It's like, you break a foot and, well, I guess most people would gain weight if they break a foot. Um, but like, obviously, he's a guy who doesn't like eat a ton of food or lay around all day. So he, he, he struggles to add weight. And he would have been unable to do squats and, you know, deadlifts crap like that yeah, adding raw muscle mass like yeah that. like yeah mark uh so yeah marquise i know this isn't ideal but we're gonna need you to add about 15 pounds of muscle in just your left bicep and triceps in the next month if you could please so yeah maybe maybe that's what happened maybe even at 166 he's walking around in there with goofy like bulging uh triceps that are unnaturally huge and then just really skinny legs <laughs> maybe but i'm guessing he just had to go on the shelf when that foot broke and they did a surgical repair on it. Right. Like yeah, you can't lift weights fair. on that. No. So yeah, I think I think I think that Brown would be more like one seventy five if he had been able to train freely all this time. But who knows? In any case though, uh Hardman is setting himself up for for a nice little run here. Okay, let's get into two sort of lightning rod guys, um, Andy Isabella and Riley Ridley. Okay, yeah, so uh, Isabella came in pretty small, and we knew that. We were just so, uh, shocked. We were just falling on the <laughs> floor about this. And I was trying to not let it, you know, you, you got to try to, like, really hold on to the moments where you've you've zeroed in on something and you've, you've isolated a fact because it's easy to forget it or, like, doubt yourself later when you're given more information and it kind of, like, distracts you and you, you kind of, like gaslight yourself to use to use a very online modern term <laughs> i love getting uh, gaslit yeah gaslighting yourself into being like oh andy isabel is bad i guess because he, he is because he has baby hands or whatever and uh he he measured in at uh let's see, he had like eight and three eighth inch hands or something like that i'm trying to f- i'm just scrolling through this charles robinson thread right now and i i don't know how many more hours it'll take me to get to that particular it's a lengthy thread yeah so i can't find it but isabella had pretty small hands short arms so he's a guy uh, who eight and three eighth. Okay, yeah. So that's again, we 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 led the show off. I think with this, uh, I don't care about the hand size. He if he can catch, he can catch because I have uh, four and a half inch hands, and I can catch plenty. Can well. confirm. Um, so yeah, I think that he is fine as far as that goes. But other people might look at it and be like, "Oh man, he's such a munchkin! Like, uh, look how big his helmet is compared to his arms and stuff." He like is that. under five seven though. No, 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 no. no. He's 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 got to be under. Oh, I'm sorry, I misread that. Five. He's five eight. 
five eight. And, my bad. Okay, cool. So yeah, he's, he is under five nine though, and he's never going to be over one hundred and ninety pounds, or probably won't anyway. Um, so when you're that small, you do have to run that four four flat now, and I think he will. I think so he, I think he'll I be think fine. He absolutely can. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I'll be surprised if he runs slower than a four four flat. Actually, do you think he ends up being like top five uh, receivers in the forty? Um, probably. I, I guess it's we got. Let's see. So we got Hardman, who I guess I would make the favorite with okay. with no Marquise Brown, uh, Emmanuel Hall, Javon Durante. Better run fast. He's one hundred and sixty <laughs> yeah. pounds. So Isabella four. I don't even. Like, Ferguson is almost like it'd be like Ferguson and um. Is there somebody else? Metcalf. Oh right, Metcalf. Metcalf. Yeah. So I guess that would be probably my top five. Um. Yeah. I don't. I don't look at these other guys and see a whole lot of. Uh, burning speed types exactly uh so yeah i think i would put isabella in the top five for speed I, if i had to make a specific call i'll say uh i'll say i'll say three after hardman and hall yeah i was gonna say i think there's a pretty decent chance he ends up uh at the third um do you have any thoughts on like a like a ryan davis or or a uh no. slayton getting I, there oh slayton could run really fast actually and he also better because I, I thought he was going to check in at like 205 or 210 or something. He came in at 190 at six foot one, which is skinny. Right. That's like uh, Alex Wesley is another guy who's he's a track guy from northern Colorado. Um, but, yeah, so th- those are the biggest speed guys, I think. And it's always an eyeball test, that, and that eyeball test is always bad. But So they, they might be faster than they look on tape. They might be slower than they look on tape. And then – I think the the Ohio State, uh, you know, pretty much anyone that's coming from, yeah. from a big Oh, right, program. Paris Campbell. Crap, yeah. he's going to run a 4-3-5. So maybe, yeah, yeah he's, he's got to be in that top five there. Okay, so I put him, for, it's tough to pick between him and uh, and Isabella in that specific. I bet Campbell's uh, faster than him. Hmm, probably, but I, again, I think Isabella's like kind of, he's he's getting like the urban legend treatment on Twitter for, for how fast he is. Oh, yeah, we, we could have like eight receivers in 4-4 four, four or less. It's possible. Let's see. I mean, so it's a high bar to clear to 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 be to be certain for sure. And then, I mean, have you seen much of Johnny Dixon out of Ohio State? I was going to ask you about him actually because he has those killer, insane numbers too. But he's just been like relegated to the Shrine Bowl or whatever. Yeah, I didn't understand his his career trajectory because he was. I mean, Ohio State does this a lot. They they just like hoard all these incredible recruits and only you know there's only so many red shirt them six guys. times. <laughs> and then they then they come up with different colored shirts. They got gray shirts. They got blue shirts. It's it's absolutely wild but um yeah so dixon is kind of just like the, this guy that there's not a not a book on yet but i think the fact that he's at the combine he he could end up making a name for himself yeah i mean we had florida state with all of peter warwick ron dugans and uh, lavernius coles and lavernius coles was the one no one knew who he was so anything could happen free shoes you yeah uh but i, I think dixon's pretty interesting because he's got those killer numbers that campbell and uh, mclaurin have where it's like ridiculous 72 percent completed 14 yard to target nonsense yep so any other parting shots that you have on these receivers before we wrap things up uh tight end irv smith you're he's only 242 or something like that so he has to run real good 62 243 i think it is that's not great so yeah he, he needs to run like a four five five at worst okay which yeah. he could do but that's that's the margin of error that he has i mean the, does the height isn't the height thing going to bother people though for a tight end? Yeah, but you, you, we just know he's not an inline guy. It's like you have to use him. Like, uh, sorry, Aaron Hernandez, uh, guys like that. It's he's, he's no Jimmy Graham. We know that you can't use him like that. Nope, 
Absolutely not. So uh, that's going to wrap things up for today's show. We're going to be back on Monday with the emergency uh, digestion podcast of all the testing numbers that come in. We can finally weekend. drop this Mecole Hardman confetti that we've been uh, annoying our coworkers with stuffing into the ceiling. Yeah, it is in the ceiling. It's starting to kind of leak through, but uh, sometimes we- it falls out and I have to stand on someone's desk and put it back up uh, <laughs> while they're working. But almost no more. <laughs> So, yeah, the the countdown is on for that. I think that the receivers run on Saturday. So, again, for Mario, I'm John McKechnie. This was this week's Rotowire NFL podcast.